Hi, and thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. We know that this episode today is going to bless your life and take your vision to the next level. We hope that you can share it, subscribe, and be a part of what God is doing right here at Carleton University, around the world, at Campus Rush. Hey, Psalm 103, verse 1. I want to teach for a few minutes uh, a sermon that I entitled, Fight to Get It. Fight to Get It. Fight to Get It. Uh, we just wrapped up our series talking about the heart of David, and I'm just going to read another psalm from David. Last week, we had a powerful time, did we not? So powerful in the presence of God, and we welcome, of course, all of our online audience. Um, but Psalm 103, if you could prop it up there as well, I know you guys are going to be getting it on your screens from home. Uh, we're going to read it together, Psalm 103, if we can get it up on the screen. Y'all ready? Psalm 103, verse 1. If we can get it in the NKJV, it would be beautiful, Ollie. If you can get it in the New King James Version. All right, y'all ready? Let's go. One, two, three, and go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now we're going to read that like one more time, but with some vim and vigor. Because it's like a, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. You know what I mean? It's, it's all of you. You know what I'm saying? So let's try it again. One, two, three, and go. Uh-huh. All that is within me. That means your emotions. You know, when your emotions begin to bless the Lord, that's when you don't want to do it. You have to bless him. You know, when your spirit begins to bless the Lord, that is your spirit man blessing. But it's saying, and let all that's within me, that means my anger will bless you. That means my weakness will bless you. That means my strengths will bless you. Every aspect of me will bless you. The next part of this verse 2 says it like this. Let's go. One, two, three, and go. Oh, no, no, we got to do it again. Here we go. One, two, three, and go. Uh huh. And in verse 3, I'll just read them and we'll come back to verse 2. Verse 3 says, and uh, forget not his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals you from all your diseases. I prophesy you are healed. Your family is healed. Your future children will not be in the hospital. They will be well and they shall have a good health in Jesus' name. It says this, who redeems your life from destruction? Anybody been redeemed from destruction? Oh, come on. Anybody been redeemed from destruction? Hallelujah. You've been redeemed from the hands of the enemy. You've been redeemed from destructions. It says it like this, who crowns you with loving kindness. Hallelujah. And tender mercies. I love this one. Verse 5. It says, who satisfies your mouth with good things. May that be your portion. Ah, oh, may your mouth never lack good things. Uh, I like Nick because Nick likes good things in life. He likes it. He's not even denying it. He likes good things. I said, I prophesy that your mouth will never lack any good thing. It says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like that of the eagle. My goodness. Hey. Your youth would be renewed. You see, it, you don't really ma- it doesn't really matter when you're a young person and your youth is renewed. But this is talking about even as you grow older, that you will have, the, you will have strength like the youth. I prophesy over your life. <laughs> I speak over your life that you will be a 60-year-old with a 25-year-old strength. You will be a 75-year-old with a 30-year-old strength. When people see you, they'll be like, I don't, is that your grandmother or your mother? I don't know. Is that your grandfather or your father? Is that your brother? or your uncle we can't tell because you will renew our strength like that of the eagle my god you will renew our strength i love this scripture so much because it talks about the promises of god it talks about how good he's been i don't know about you but for these last little few uh, weeks in quarantine the lord has been good to me 
I don't know about you, Shana, he's been good to me. He showed me things. He's revealed to me things. You know, I, I was thanking the Lord this morning. You know, I, I, I dream, but I dream like maybe like once, I don't know, maybe once every two months or something. I'm not like a big dreamer. I don't really dream that. I just sleep, wake up, sleep, wake up. You know, that's how I am. I'm always on the go. But I found during quarantine, because I've had more time and more rest, I started dreaming a bit more. And for the last, like, I was telling my parents this this morning, for the last, like, month, I dream every single night. And everything I dream, I know exactly what the Lord is trying to tell me. It's like, it's a different realm of prophetic. It's like I'm sleeping and I'm seeing exactly what is to happen, exactly what is to come. And I'm enjoying it because it's something I've never enjoyed before. And I'm saying, God, I thank you because now you're introducing me to a realm I've never been in before. And I believe that's all a part of the goodness and the promises of God. I believe that's all about God showing us some new things. You see, verse 2, we're going to kind of break down verse 2. That's going to be what we're going to base our message off of. Verse 2 says it like this. I want us to read it just again, and we're going to take a a quick caveat from the word forget, okay? Verse 2, let's prop it up. Let's read it. If you're watching online, you're watching at home, read this with us as we do, okay? Let's go. One, two, three, and go. Bless the Lord. Uh Uh-huh. I want you to say that word one time and forget not. Just say that after me. Say forget not. That word forget right there. That's where we're going to do our word study, okay? So if you have your notepads, bring them out. We're going to go to Bible school a little bit. Let's do a bit of teaching, and then we'll go and uh, we'll begin to minister. So the word forget there in the Hebrew means the word shakar. Okay? Now, the word shaka means to be misled or mislaid. That's what the word means. Another word for mislay uh, is to be oblivious. Oblivious. We know that word. All right. So, mislay essentially means to place uh, an object or thing where it cannot readily be found and uh, lose it temporarily. To be oblivious, as we know, is to not be aware or not concerned about what is happening around you. Okay? Now, this word essentially is saying from this scripture... If we can put it like this, it's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Essentially meaning, do not shaka, or do not mislay, or do not become oblivious to what my benefits. Do not become oblivious to my benefits. Do not try to forget. Do not put it, your, your, the memory, do not put it in a place that you will forget. Do not do that, but make a conscious effort. To remember. Make a conscious effort to be able to be in the now. Be a conscious effort to be able to find out what the Lord has done and to continually give him praise for it. All right. Now, I I began to kind of do some research on this a bit. We're going to go to psychology school for just a bit. I I didn't like psychology in university. And I always knew by writing those exams. I I was in the class with Nick. We didn't even know each other, but we were in the same class Friday morning, Southam Hall, 835 in the morning. And a huge, huge all, like, we, we met there, we used to meet there, like, 400 people or so. And I, I hated going to that class. And I vowed that I would never study anything with psychology again until I started studying for this sermon. And I realized that, man, I should have paid attention because exactly what I'm going to talk about today, I'm pretty sure I wrote a quiz or two on that in psychology class. All right, so bear with me. You see, um, I began to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, if you're asking us in the scripture to forget not, then how do we not forget? How do we do this? How do we stay in a process or in a place or in a posture of remembrance? And then he began to take my attention to this word. It's a function called memory. Can you say memory? Shout a little louder. Say memory. 
memory is the means by which we draw on our past experiences in order to use this information in the present. It's a function by which we draw our what? Our past experiences, and we have an ability to use that information where? In the present. That means there's a purpose for your past. That means that everything you've been through has a purpose. That means that you cannot neglect the things you've been through, the weaknesses you have, the shortcomings you have, the times you didn't have money, <laughs> the times you couldn't make it, the times you opened your fridge and you laughed at yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> you opened up your freezer and you said, Jesus, there's only ice in this thing right now. Lord, if you don't send forth something here. Ah. <laughs> it's about knowing that everything you've been through, every scab you have, every scar you have is a testimony. Ah. That every situation you've been through is to build you up, to be able to use it for your presence. Someone shout, there is purpose for it. There is purpose for it. There is purpose for your pain. There is a purpose for your struggle. There is a purpose for your downfall. There is a purpose. There's a reason why you were not in the family you wanted to be in. Oh, my goodness. I'm, uh, there is a reason why, you know, when your kids and all your friends are going to uh, 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 sleepovers. And my mom, she was a strict mother. She said, no sleepovers in this house. She said, I don't know where you're going. I don't know which house you're going to. I don't know what spirit operates in that house. You're not going nowhere. That's the type of mom that I have. I said half because she still does that. I just care how old I am. She'll still do that today. You're not going to nobody's house. Who, 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 who's there? That's what my mom was. Who, 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 which, who's their mother? That's what she would say. That's what she would say. You know, and, and, and I remember as a kid sometimes I'm like, man, I just wish I could, I could be in Johnny's family. You know, because Johnny, his parents weren't pastors, and, and Johnny could do whatever the heck Johnny wanted to do. And, and I had to understand that in that moment as a child, I wouldn't understand why my mom was doing the things she was doing. But now I realize that she was protecting me for my future. And now I look back and I say, thank you, God, for denying me of those things. Because even though they were a past thing... <laughs> I'm able to take those past experiences of even being neglected from things that I thought I needed to use it in the presence. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? There is a reason and a purpose for your past. There is a reason for it. If Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, came to this earth, Pastor Oba, and he operated for 30 years as the son of a carpenter, he was trained to be a carpenter. Why do you think for 30 years he would just be a carpenter? Is there no purpose for it? There was purpose for the reason why he was the son of a carpenter. He was learning things. He was learning precision. My goodness. Uh, he was learning measurements. I find it interesting that he would be so well equipped with working with wood, yet he would die on wood. Uh, I, find, oh no, no, no. I find it peculiar that he would be working with needles, but that, that needle would end up being inside of him, and the nail would end up being pierced on the inside of him. I find it interesting that God will never bring you into the space where of things if he doesn't have purpose for it. That's why the Bible said, can I preach tonight? I feel like preaching. Ah, I feel like preaching. That's why the Bible said in Genesis, the Lord then placed Adam and Eve in the garden and gave them everything they needed in the garden. He didn't give them that 
that in the production of it, but he gave them the ingredients for whatever they desired. So that means that every time God brings you into a place to be able to develop experiences, it's so that you would take what you need from this place, create and produce, so that whatever it is, be it good or bad, it's a past experience for a present use. My God. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So that means that where you are right now in your life, you have the ability to be able to take what you need. That bad relationship, that bad friendship, that that good encounter, that, that good job, and you're able to bring it together in order to be able to create an experience that will be necessary for your future, good or bad. Good or bad. You know, I recently got into uh, cooking and stuff. People are laughing. Go ahead and laugh. No, you don't believe me. You don't believe. No, you don't believe. I recently got into it, and one thing I I I figured out is this: is especially when you start like mixing things and putting spices in. For the first like four times of me like cooking stuff, I was I was literally on the phone with my mom like, Mom, so do I put? How much of this do I put in? And how much of that do I put in? And should I get this spice or that? Like I don't know. I was just I didn't know. And, and, and I began to work in it, and it was almost a trial and error. Every time I'd put in something and I would taste it, I'm like, oh, that tastes terrible. Oh, I put too much salt. Oh, not enough salt. Oh, too much paprika. Oh, not enough this. Oh, too much of thyme. And, not, you know, and I just began to go around with it until I began to discover how things are. And I began to realize that our life is like almost a big pot of seasoning. And I began to realize that if there's too much sweet in it, and not enough sour, you don't come out the way you're supposed to. And if there's not enough salt in it, then you don't have the flavor for it. And if you take salt by itself, salt tastes so sour by itself. But salt in the midst of a bunch of other ingredients produces something better. That's why you need your brother. That's why you need your sister. That's why you need the church of God. That's why Christianity is not meant to be lived alone because you need some other ingredients so that you can be perfect for the dining hall there was something about the ingredients and past experiences and many of us ask ourselves lord you've been giving me a bunch of salt and a bunch of thyme i, I don't like that spice there's a spice i don't like that spice too much uh, there's just some spices i don't like it just doesn't taste good it just ah, i don't like the way it tastes but the truth of the matter is if you just put a little measure of that and that's when the scripture occurred to me that weeping tarries in the night <laughs> but joy comes in the morning and i began to understand this that there are more hours with sunlight than with darkness Jesus <laughs> that then means in my mind that the Lord tells us that there will be a season of weeping but there will be a season of joy there'll be a season where things don't make sense but what will make sense outweighs what doesn't make sense hallelujah hey I, I see I see the Lord doing something great in your life listen to me I don't know how we got here but let's go on we're talking about memory we're talking about memory we're talking about memory. I haven't gone to my first point yet. I don't know how we're going to finish this tonight, but we'll get there. What is memory? I said memory is the means by which we draw from our what? Our past experiences in order to use this information for our present, okay? Now, we have two types of memories. Of course, you know the first one would be short-term memory, and the next one will be then what? Long-term memory, okay? We understand that short-term memory is our ability to be able to host and store things in our mind for just a short amount of time. However, long-term memory is our ability to be able to have things stored in our mind for a long time. Some people say even a lifetime. 
okay? Now, in talking about this, I began to understand that within this whole sphere of memory, we have three main ways by which memory is used, okay? The first one will be memory encoding, okay? We're just going to go to brief psychology school for just a few minutes. Memory encoding uh, is essentially how memory is translated. So it can be translated visually, acoustically, or semantically, which means to be able to talk about the meaning of a thing. Okay, so we're talking about how memory is translated. When you see a thing, how does your brain process it? So it begins to process it by way of acoustics. That's why you can go to a place, you hear a sound, and it brings back your memory of a, of a thing. Or you can go and, uh, you know, you can see a thing, and it brings back your memory of a thing. All right? That's how you're able to uh, encode them. The second thing would be memory storage. Someone shout storage. Memory storage is essentially how that piece of memory, how that experience is stored and where is it stored? You know, psychologists like to say if it's short-term memory, we have it between about uh, six or seven different ways that we can store those knowledge, okay? And the last one would be retrieval. Just shout that real quick so I know you're in the room, retrieval, okay? So retrieval is how we get information from storage. How do we get it from the storage and bring it so that it has use? So we're talking about the first one would be memory encoding. Shout that memory encoding. Memory. I'm bringing you guys back to first year psychology. Encoding. The second one would be storage. Shout storage. storage. So how do we see it? I should bring Tiff and Shell. They, they're psychology people. But how do you bring that information? How do you encode it visually, acoustically, semantically? That's the first part. From taking that memory and encoding it and breaking it down, it then goes to how it's stored in your brain. From where it's stored in your brain, then it goes from storage to now how you can retrieve it out of that storage. Because it's one thing to take in a memory. It's another thing to be able to retrieve that memory. The process of not storing, but storing and retrieving is the process of remembrance. Remembrance is our ability to go back and retrieve a memory. And bring it from storage all the way up into the forefront. It's our ability to take and look at a past experience and take a past experience so that it has present use. And that's when the scripture of John 10, 10, Natasha began to minister to me. And the Bible says in an amplified version, you can put it up on the screen. It says, for the enemy comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I have come, what? Uh-huh. Oh, that was. <laughs> and I have come that. Uh-huh. And enjoy life and have it in to the full till it. So that is the purpose of God. That's the purpose of Jesus. This is why he came blessing. But it says, but the thief comes only in order to steal. Now, the thing about it is that there's nothing off limits from the devil. He just doesn't come to just steal your joy. No, he doesn't just come to steal your, your peace. He, doesn't come. he also is attacking your memory. Your memory. He's attacking your memory. What is he attacking? He's attacking your memory. He's attacking not just, not just your ability to encode it. He doesn't care about you seeing something. He doesn't even care about you storing something. <laughs> he cares about you. <laughs> oh, y'all ain't here, man. Y'all ain't here tonight. Y'all ain't here. He cares about you retrieving something. Because that's when it becomes powerful. When you can take a memory and you can retrieve it, that's when it becomes powerful. I'll tell you this two things right before I move, okay? Our problem is retrieving a memory from the past so that we can apply it to our present. The enemy's ability is to steal a memory, a snapshot, a mental visual. 
What is it? Two things. The enemy is after our memory in twofold. Number one is to steal a memory or, yes, to steal a memory of where the Lord has brought you from. That's the first one. So the enemy is always endeavoring, if this is where I came from and this is where I am now, the enemy's job is always to make sure that I will never retrieve, never have a mental image, never have a visual representation of where he's brought me from. The second thing, and I'm going to teach you why that's so important. The second thing about it is that the enemy is after stealing a memory of how good God has been to you. My goodness. That's why you can have the most grateful person turn into the most bitter person. Because the devil has fought their ability to retrieve a memory of where they've been and how good the Lord has been to them. Do I have any grateful souls here tonight? I just want to see who's in the room. Do I have any grateful souls? Do I have any grateful souls online? Go ahead and type it that I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. So you see, the, the importance of this, and this, I'm going to turn it around a little bit. The importance of this is because once you've retrieved a mental snapshot of where you've come from, your heart is able to be cleansed. And you now translate it from not just retrieving the information, but the purpose of which or why you're retrieving the information. You're now retrieving the memory so that you can now translate that into thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's why the first step of thanksgiving is remembrance. But if you do not fight the fight in order to remember properly, you can effectively give him thanks. Because the enemy will try to only fight and give you ability to only see bits and pieces of where he's brought you from. But the human being is prone to forget. Now, you have to be able to get into a place where you can tell yourself, Lord, I will not forget. That's why the Bible says, bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not because he knew that we would. Forget not all his benefits. That's not saying short-term benefits. Not midterm benefits, but the long-term benefits. Where has he brought you from? You think about your testimony and you only give God praise for the things he brought you out of. Like, God, you brought me from here to there and, 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 you know, and the things were good about that situation. But what about the bad things he took you from? What about the bad things he took you from? Huh. Uh. What, about the, what about the deliverance you're still walking out? Jesus. What about the things he hasn't done yet? Good Lord. I thank you. Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. Come on, shout, thank you, Jesus. Shout it louder, say, thank you, Jesus. Ah. And so, my goodness. And so the Lord would tell Isaiah, go to Hezekiah. And when you go to King Hezekiah, go to him and tell him that he's going to die. Now, if you know the story of King Hezekiah, you understand that the Lord began to work on his heart and literally transformed him to the point whereby he began to now worship the God of Israel. If you know this portion of scripture, you'll be able to see how in various times of the Bible, King Hezekiah would be faced with difficulty, but he would turn his attention to the Lord in prayer. I spoke about it a few nights ago on 21 Days of Prayer, uh, and I began to tell them that there was a time where the, 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 Aram, the Aram, Amr Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Bible names. The Amorites were coming to fight, uh, um, or no, the king of Assyria, thank you, was coming to fight 
um, uh, uh, King Hezekiah. And King Hezekiah said, I'm not just going to battle you with things of the flesh. But he began to grab his prophet. And see, it's a dangerous thing when a king and a prophet link up. Uh, and so a king and a prophet linked up and they said, okay, well, I have power over the land and I know you have power before God. And so now let's link up and let's begin to petition heaven so that we will come out of this thing. And so you understand that King Hezekiah had been, had a history of turning his attention to God. And so it was no, uh, it was not a surprise that when he received bad news that the first thing he would do is turn his attention to God. And so the Bible says it in 2 Kings Second Kings 20, verses 6, that once, Hezekiah, once uh, Isaiah, prophet Isaiah, came to Hezekiah with the news that he's going to die, the Bible actually literally said, the Lord uh, is cutting off your days. You're not going to have any more uh, days, okay? And so you are literally about to die. Verse 6 of this, verse 2, we'll start in verse 2, then go to verse 6. Can we get it up on the screen? Thank you so much, Ollie. The Bible says, after he received this news, the Bible says what? Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, remember now, O Lord. So now he's not saying, I remember. I don't, you have to be bold to tell God, God, can you go into your long-term memory? See, many of us have to be able to challenge God and say, God, I know you know all things already, so you don't need, you don't, you, you don't have a memory, you just are. <laughs> you don't have a past, a present, a future, you just are. But I know you've created me and you've given us systems and processes. And based off of what you've given us, you've given us the realm of remembrance. So God, can I take a concept that you gave us and give it back to you? And can I tell you, Lord, please remember, go from your storage into your retrieval. And can you begin to look through my files in the retrieval? See, some of you guys need to tell God, God, there are some things that I've done that nobody has seen. There are some places I've gone that nobody knows. There are some toilets I've cleaned that nobody has seen. There are some times I've played that nobody knew. There are some things I've done for people that nobody in the world would know. Lord, go into your remembrance. Uh, retrieve it, God. Look at my track record before you. Is this blessing anybody? Look at my track record, bro. Look at my track record, God. Go into my files. I know that you don't need to go into remembrance because you don't got it. You just are. But God, just as you are, can you go back and retrieve my file? And when you retrieve it, God, you will see that what? How I have walked before you in truth. And with a loyal heart. And have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah began to weep bitterly. Now, now take this in. Take this in. Go to the next verse. And it happened before his, uh, Isaiah got, uh, had gone out into the middle court. And the word of the Lord came to him saying again. Go to verse 5. Return and tell Hezekiah the, Lord, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father. I have heard your prayer and I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord and on and on and on. I, I find this interesting because some of us are praying prayers to God, but none of us are challenging God on his remembrance. God, remember. <laughs> remember. But, and you can't tell God to remember until you first remember. God, I remember where you brought me from. 
God, I remember where you took me from, from the Mary Clay. Lord, I remember. Lord, none of this matters to me. None of this, I, I remember where you brought me from. So because I know where you brought me from, I can now challenge you to say, God, you also remember. Remember what you did for me. Remember how you took me from the worst place of my life. Remember. Just, just, just remember. Think back. Remember to where the Lord has taken you from. Natasha, look at your life. Look at your life. Look at where God has brought you from. Haley, Ivan, so many of you. Remember, think back to where the Lord has brought you from. Pastor Oba, think back. You didn't see envision your life like this when you were 19. Did you? You didn't think you'd be here, married, has a house, has a car, has a great job, a man of God, pastor, priest of his household, at a tender age. You didn't envision that. But sometimes what happens is that we get caught up in the glory. We get caught up in it. You get so used to God always making ways that it becomes your drug. God, I pray to you because you always make a way. That's a great way of thinking about it. But when you have a posture of your heart that is God, I thank you because you brought me out of it. You brought me out of it. God, I thank you. You brought me out of it. And, and Lord, you haven't done it yet, but I thank you in advance because you will bring me out of it. Lord, I thank you because you will catapult me there. Lord, I thank you for the things I don't even know I have to thank you for. <laughs> Jesus. I thank you for it already. Can I give you 30 seconds? Thank the Lord. Come on. Hey, Lord, I thank you. Oh, my God, I thank you. Some of you haven't cried in his presence in a long time. You need to break that and begin to cry and say, Lord, I thank you. When's the last time you broke down and you rolled in the presence of God? But because now, now you've made it, so you don't know how. When's the last time you told the Lord, Lord, I don't even care about where you bring me to. I don't care about the miracle. I don't care about the stage. I don't care about it, Lord. I thank you. Because when I was four and I took the drain and I put it in my mouth and my mouth began to corrode and my face was going, Lord, I could have been disabled for the rest of my life. But God, you brought me out of it when I was in 36, my mom was in 36 layers, uh, hours of labor for me and I could have died. You brought me into this world. Lord, when I was jumping at eight years old from couch to couch and I slipped and I hit myself and my head could have bursted open. I could have died. Lord, you kept me. Me. Lord, when I almost got into an accident, Lord, when I did get into an accident and you were there, Lord, you kept me. Oh. Lord, you kept me. The fight is over the retrieval of the memory. The reason why Many of you not just in this room, but watching online, maybe finding difficulties in praising the Lord, is because the enemy has blocked your ability to retrieve a memory. He's blocked your ability to have a visual representation. You only see where you are now, how good things are for you. But you forget the desert the Lord brought you out. I pray that the Lord will begin to fight for you and deliver you so that you'll be able to get a better representation of where he's brought you from.
<laughs> See, the craziest thing about long-term memory, I'm, I'm finishing here, so I'm going to wrap up. Right, you can come on the keys. I'm, I'm done here. Let's be on our feet, actually, if we can. The craziest thing about long-term memory is that long-term memory is retrieved. Get this. Underline this real quick. This is really important. Long-term memory is retrieved by association. That means that long-term memory, to be able to remember something that happened a long time ago, you have to be triggered. It happens by association. It happens by, you know, one person said it like this when I was doing research. One person said it like this, like, sometimes you have to go to an old room. And it begins to bring back what? The memories. When I was a child. I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. But when I became a man, as I'm a man, I don't forget what happened when I was a child. <laughs> so, I remember this. And, and, and Pastor Ryan knows, and Prof knows, every September, I go to Carlton and I sit on a bench. They know, they all know. And I, I just, nobody knows who I am. And I just look at the students walking around. When I've graduated years ago, I'm in my PhD now. I go back and I just look around. I look at the students. I look at them going on the old train. I look at, I walk, I walk the campus every September for weeks, for day. I just walk. And you know what I'm doing? I'm sparking remembrance. I'm sparking a memory. I'm telling myself I will never forget irrespective of where the Lord brings me to, I will never forget where I started from. So I sit on the campus and I watch the and they don't even know who I am. Like, who's this guy just in here? I don't talk to nobody. I just sit and I look around and I begin to weep and I say, God, thank you for how far you brought me because as I sit on that bench I begin to remember how lost I was in my first year I begin to remember how broken I was in my I begin to remember the fight and the struggle between starting ministry and following friends and I begin to remember and as I sit there and I close my eyes and I think back memories become to begin to roll down my mind roll through my mind and I begin to give God praise and I say God thank you because we didn't just end on a campus but you brought us from campus to campus that now it just doesn't it just started at Carlton but now it's at Ottawa U and now it's at La Cite and now it's at Concordia and now it's at different places and it will be in Toronto and it will be in in, in, t in Texas and it will be in DMV and it will be in London and it will be all over the place it will be in China it will be this but Lord I thank you because it just started in a classroom you see if you don't associate <laughs> you begin to become puffed up and proud this keeps you humble can I just tell you something that when you enter and you make the presence of God your home, what happens is that as you begin to bless him, you 
brings to bear memories of where you've been. Many of you, your life was changed at this altar. For many of you, you came here broken one way, but the Lord has rescued you. You know, a couple days ago, I was watching the YWF replay and blessing. I saw the prophecy when prophet first prophesied to you for the first time, and that was in such a deep prophecy because he didn't even know who you were. And I actually listened to every word of that prophetic word, and I'm like, that's exactly what has actually happened to you. This is a place of association. I remember, I can go from person to person in this place, person to person, person to person. Tiff, this place has been a place of association for you. It's changed your life. That if you begin to forget, be it far from me. Be, be it far from me. People ask me, Pastor Kof, but all this is happening. And, and you know, so many people know you around the world, but you're the same person. Why? Because I don't forget. I choose. I fight to be able to protect my storage and retrieval. He said, I never get proud. I make sure that I, I deliberately put things in my life and in my day to make sure that I never forget where I've come from. I never forget how good the Lord has been. I never forget. I never forget the days I thought I was losing my mind. The days I thought I was crazy. I thought I was going off, but I didn't understand. It was the voice of God speaking to me. It was God teaching me lessons. Do you know how many lessons I've been through in my life that I thought I was going to die? The Lord said, I got to bring you through it because of the assignment that I'm calling you to. Times I would look at myself and say, I feel like like I'm going to die today. Like, I don't know. I'm looking at the sky like, I don't think I'm going to make it the end of this year. I don't, I don't think I'm going to. And the Lord was saying, I need you to feel these type of emotions because you're going to minister to people and you need to feel what they feel. Huh. Uh, and you'll be jacked up and your whole body clock is jacked up. And I'm like, God, why, is, why do I feel this way? And I feel so weird. And he said, because I want to teach you how it feels like. Huh. You know the stuff I've been through? And it was all for remembering. Because everything we've been in our past was information gathered for our present. I want to give you like 20 seconds, right? Let's give them like 20 seconds. Just go in your own space. Begin to ask the Lord to retrieve. Ask him to give you the ability to retrieve a mental snapshot a visual representation of where you were just two years ago. Just two years. Two, three years ago. Four years, five years ago. Six years ago. Ten years ago. I give you like 30 seconds to a minute. Just begin to think back. That's why the Bible says, and forget not my benefits. Another version, the best version says, forget not every single blessing. on just grab a snapshot grab a snapshot grab a snapshot close your eyes that's how you remember close your eyes and grab a snapshot of how broken you were how desperate you were how lost you were your days in the club your day yo man
once you've grabbed that snapshot, I want you to just begin to give the Lord glory in your own way. I want you to begin to lift up your voice, begin to thank Him. Whatever you got to do, do it. Just grab that snapshot now that you have it. Begin to give God glory from all over this world, all over your, wherever you're watching this from. Come on. Come on. Come on. This is hard for people who are proud. <laughs> this is easy for people who are humble. Come on. Grab that snapshot and begin to give God glory. God, I thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our podcast. We hope that God blessed you through this word, and we hope that you can be a partner, subscribe, and share with your friends. We can't wait to see you next time. God bless you.